to Reputation Capital, where we talk about animals that uh, can be dismembered and still survive. I'm Randy Baker. I'm Dr. Kent. Today, Dr. Kent and I, well, we're whisking ourselves away to, uh, what was it called? Cottage country. Cottage country, yeah. Cottage country outside of Ontario, Canada. In Ontario, but outside of Toronto. Yeah, that's... I was very confused. One of those. <laughs> but we discovered something after the interview that, well, we just should talk about it now, and that is starfish. Mm-hmm. Apparently, starfish can not just regrow an arm when it gets torn off or cut off, but the arm can recreate an entire starfish. So this kind of boggles my mind a little bit. So can a starfish theoretically live forever? if it just keeps cutting an arm off? Oh, at a different, different stage of its life. Because like, as an old man, it just chops an arm off and says, uh, all right, clone. Yeah, it's, anyway. it's, all, it's all too hard. Any, uh, anyway, the whole thing is that it was all about being resilient. And today we're talking to Teresa Bailey. Clearly she's resilient. And I mean, we didn't even mention the best part of this interview, which is Play-Doh. So here's our interview with Teresa Bailey. Hello, Teresa. Really, really nice to see you. And I, I have to say, um, I'm always the guy who gets to talk about um, the background since the audience can't see you. But your entire look here is sunny. There's a there's a beautiful flower. There's this stack of I can't quite tell what it is. Uh, but there's a, are you a sunny personality or am I just, uh, is that just your background? I think that's, a, it's, it's a bit of both. And I think that I'm an eternal grounded optimist. And when we had to go virtual, when the world sort of fell apart there for a bit, I decided that if I was going to have to look at myself on screen, I wanted it to be something that I enjoyed. So everything <laughs> behind me is something that I enjoy and reminds me to kind of keep a positive attitude going forward. And that's a stack of Play-Doh that you see over there. A stack of Play-Doh. Well, yeah. so that you're the first person I've, I've heard who um, talks about their background as something they have to look at. I've always thought about that at the start of coronavirus. I was the same way. I was like, I'm going to have to look at something. It better be something that gives me comfort. So, so tell me about the Play-Doh. How does the Play-Doh give you comfort? The, the pyramid of Play-Doh. Well, that's actually something I've been working on for the last year, and it came out of the pandemic, an opportunity to do training session with Hasbro's marketing team using Play-Doh and uh, play-based facilitation. And I actually have had that stack Play-Doh there since that first session and now have a license to do Play-Doh Power Solutions after that session ended up with a opportunity through Hasbro. So now I have the... Um, exclusive North American license to do Play-Doh Power Solutions. Yeah, so there so it is. So, <laughs> have you tasted Play-Doh? Uh, <laughs> or is it just to to craft with your hands? Now, when I was a kid, I remember tasting. I remember it was salty, but that's all I remember. It was too long ago. Yes, it's wheat-based. And so, actually, I'm supposed to tell people that it's uh, wheat-based. And I did have one person in a workshop a couple weeks ago open up the Play-Doh can and say, oh my gosh, it reminds me of Christmas, now I have to lick it. And I said, lick it? 
She goes, yeah, have you never licked Play-Doh? And I thought, like, probably as a kid I did, but that's not something that I've done as an adult. But yes, salty, I believe, is, uh, is the taste, but it smells very not salty. It smells very sweet. And speaking of salty, that's a, a term that kids are using for people who have some attitude, some edge. So I'm curious to talk with you about the work you've been doing for quite some time, which is sort of lifting people up and, I, I you know, uh, getting them acquainted with their edge, with their uniqueness, and so on. What? Uh, how would you describe the work that you do? Well, I think it all stems from my work beginning over 20 years ago when I was working with youth specifically and doing research in shelters for people who were homeless. So back at that time, there was this pivotal moment where I was across the table uh, collecting some information from someone who is homeless, who is maybe two weeks younger than me. And we'd grown up quite similar in similar situations and they were homeless and I wasn't. And at the time, I wanted to go into sports psychology, and I just knew that in that moment, I had to do something different. So I started trying to understand what helped some people succeed and others not. And I went into community psychology and ended up working in mental health, uh, did a lot of work with youth, and have worked across all sectors now, really trying to understand what helps some people do well and others not. So when the pandemic hit, and really I lost all of my work because at that point I was doing a lot of corporate training and in-person training and everything was cancelled over three days, you start to think about what are those things I've learned over the past 20 years that really focus on resilience and adaptability and package them into something that ended up being part of the first workshop that I did with Hasbro. And I think that that's the key you you lean into those challenging times, you build on the hard times that you've been through, you find those things, those strategies that work for you, and adapt some new ones. And in the time that we're in, we need to do that. We need to build on our own resilience, strategize, find some strategies from other people, and, and doing that in a way that's fun is, is the way that I do it. I have three teenagers, and... <laughs> They use the term salty, and they are salty sometimes. And I think that um, I just learn a lot from them, too, through all of this and and um, take some of their experiences and my own experiences and learn from other people and package it into something that makes sense to help other people grow. We speak with a lot of people who are in similar space to yourself, who talk about resilience, talk about team building, talk about creativity and innovation and moving forward. And... They all say the same types of things that you've just said about particularly the last 12 months, 18 months because of COVID and people being at home. It makes me wonder why COVID has impacted people as greatly as it has. Um, I know working from home is a different thing. And B, why are you peculiarly, uniquely in the right place to be able to help them? I think that I'm in... A unique place to help them because it's something I've been looking at for so long. And I've worked with some of the most vulnerable youth, youth who've grown up in care, who've been in the system, grown up in foster care or group homes. I've worked with teams who are helping support those people, those vulnerable youth and other people. And I have my own experiences of recreating myself a couple times. And I think that we all have those 
strategies that we can lean to and that I've seen be successful for others. I think also because I'm a researcher by trade. So the things that I talk about, I, I find the best research that supports the tools that I'm talking about. I'm not just, I'm, it's, I think there are a lot of theories out there and suggestions that aren't, they sound good, but they aren't necessarily grounded in any evidence. And I think because I'm able to bring that side of it and, and make sure that um, the strategies we talk about are evidence-based, even the play strategies are evidence-based, that makes me a little bit different. And then because I've been facilitating for 20 years using play and having this new opportunity to work with Play-Doh kits with teams is just taking it to a whole new level. And people need that right now. I think that sort of innovation and, and different way of thinking. I, I think perhaps I didn't word my question right. Let me try again. What has happened in society in the last 20 years that makes it so important to have so many folks like yourself out there helping people through the mental crisis that they're having. Because I, I look at myself and I'm an old guy, right? I'm an old guy, I've got the gray hair. Um, we didn't have folks like yourself helping us develop teams and maybe I was blind to the reality of what people needed, but um, I'm, I'm just finding it interesting that it is so prevalent today. Well, you could look at this from a lot of different angles, and some of them might be more politically correct to talk about. I think one of the things that's driving us is technology and the fast pace that information is coming at us right now. And if you look at the work of um, Paul Stoltz, who has done a lot of work on grit and improving adversity quotient, he talks a lot about technology and how it has improved vastly improved so it's constantly changing evolving the operating systems within our systems that we're using are constantly being upgraded our human operating system is the same as it's been we evolve a little bit but we are not evolving fast enough to deal with everything new in our world and so depending on the strategies many of which we develop in childhood some of us can adapt faster or more effectively than other people who maybe don't have those strategies. And a lot of the things that we're seeing is people who are people who are dealing with things well right now have already been through a lot in their lives and learned some of those coping skills. A lot of people who haven't necessarily hit some of those adversities are not. And when everything changes all of the operating systems across the world are changing at the same time those early strategies that you developed to manage all of the change are going to be called into action and if you don't have any in place then then that's what's happening right now the great resignation people are resigning across north america and the world at a greater rate than has ever happened before so something is happening right now that people can't handle what's going on and I think it's just people don't have those strategies in place from from younger to deal with what's coming at us I love that uh, the work you're doing kind of uh, helps people in some ways revert to their childhood self where they were dreaming big and um, you know licking play-doh and so forth how, how do you in particular you know how do you do this differently with with folks than you know kind of every other coach and and trainer out there well, 
I'm very lucky to have a tool, the Play-Doh kits, to work with because anyone who's played with Play-Doh as a child is instantly taken back. And we talk a lot about that, about how children learn by by failing. You learn to talk, you learn to walk, you learn to crawl, you learn to read by trying, failing, and getting uh, correction. And we lose that ability to take risk. Many of us do as adults. We don't. We shut down our creativity because we're taught to at an early age. And I would challenge that happens as soon as you enter the school system. You get taught how to behave when you're in a classroom. And I'm not saying those are bad things, but it does have impacts. And by the time you hit the workforce or an office, a lot of times in meetings, it's the same people having the same conversations, speaking for everyone else there. And I think having an opportunity with Play-Doh to take people back, break down some of those barriers they've set up for themselves or that other people have, and allowing them to work with their hands so you're accessing more parts of your brain. We use music, we stimulate all of the senses, and it just allows people to have different conversations and taking them through some activities that are very different and creative. Teresa, when you were, I want to take you back to to your school days. We all, we all knew the guy that sat in the table at the back of the room and he was eating the paste. He probably grew up to be an accountant, but that's, you know, that's something different to think about. With your Play-Doh work, a lot of folk you work with are probably going to think about that kid in the back row eating the paste as they're being asked to play with Play-Doh. Do you find reluctance on their part to actually step outside of their comfort zone and actually start playing again? I think that there is a lot of curiosity and, and possibly skepticism, not really knowing what they're getting into. We take care of that within the first 10 minutes. And I think the difference between using something like Play-Doh Compound and other methods is that immediately people are so immersed in what they're doing and so happy to be playing with something they were playing with younger and creating things that they're thinking about that and just the touch it's very um calming playing with play-doh compound is very calming and i think within 10 minutes everyone feels calm and relaxed and excited and joy there's a lot of joy of just doing something different and connecting in a different way and i talk about fast tracking connection and i think that that's what we do and people are just happy to have an opportunity to do it so that's gone very early in the workshops and you work predominantly with teams or do you work predominantly with individuals i work predominantly with teams yep teams and groups yeah we can work with maybe eight people to four to eight people we can do large groups because everything's virtual now it's actually quite simple to organize the session for multiple people we just make sure that they have their kits we mail out their kits and then everyone has their kit Mm -hmm. we can use all this technology and this is what i was saying earlier about operating systems all this technology has allowed us to work in different ways so we can connect most of the people i work with right now are all over the world and these teams who are now working and maybe never going back to work they're working in a hybrid situation where they might be in a day a week or they're having a situation where maybe they're never returning. This is one way to be together in a way as close to being together as they can without actually being together. 
because everyone participates, everyone talks, and they're talking in a very different way. So it's really fun to hear you talk about the virtual trainings with Play-Doh because I, all of a sudden I realized you're engaging touch and smell alongside what we all have to do, which is our eyeballs all day long plus our ears. And so it's, it's a very interesting, just from that, I can imagine you've got some great success, you know, and, and heck, I, I kind of, I wish somebody would send Play-Doh to my house for the next meeting. <laughs> it's a very great technique. So where can folks find you? Where can they figure out how to participate? And who are you looking for? Well, they're welcome to go to the website at starfishsynergies.com. And we're looking for anyone who wants to engage with their team differently and to connect with their team in a different way. Our courses are focused on team cohesion. And then we have one on innovation, confidence and risk taking. And then we have on improving adaptability. So uh, evolving which is really what we were talking about earlier, helping people through these times. And we're looking for teams, or we're happy to work with teams who just need some different strategies to work together in this new way. And everything has changed. And we don't know what the solutions are to a lot of the challenges that lay in front of us. But if we use some different methods to have conversations about them and to talk about them, then we can come up with some different solutions than if we would have um, just done the same type of meeting alone. I can hook you up with some Play-Doh kits, absolutely, for your next meeting. And it's, it's a great way to, to be together. It's really neat. Uh, thank you so much for chatting with us, uh, Teresa. I could talk to you all day, especially if I had Play-Doh in hand. I, I, we could just hang out for five, six, seven hours. I'd be, I'd be good. And I'd also have my snack there, now that you've told me it's made out of wheat. Yeah, there you go. Yes, we do not encourage people to eat uh, the Play-Doh. That's not one of the things that we want people to do. But we absolutely love, um, enjoy we love meeting and connecting with teams. And so I would love to do that. I didn't mean we should actually eat it or feast on it. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, it is... <laughs> So we should have a disclaimer here, Randy, at the end of the show. We should say, please don't eat it. Yeah, maybe we should just say something like, don't be that kid in the back of the class you know, eating the paste. Don't do it with a Play-Doh. That's true. That's right. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Teresa. Thank you very much for having me. Well, thank you, Teresa. That was a lot of fun. I did not realize that Play-Doh was made of wheat and it was salty. Um, I was not one of those kids that ate Play-Doh, but I wonder how many of your management teams test that theory. Could be fun. Yeah, I definitely tasted it, but I, uh, you know, at this this stage of life, I kind of want to try the different variety. No, we should we should put that disclaimer here again. We we do not recommend that you eat Play-Doh. It's it's probably counterindicated. Contraindicated. Yeah, contraindicated. And it probably has too many calories, so stay away. Could be. So if you would like to stay away from, I don't know, uh, horrible things, come visit us at thoughtpartnergroup.com. Or if you're kind of crazy like we are, you might like to visit us at crazymba.com. Yeah. 
And just one disclaimer, uh, Randy started out as an accountant, so he's allowed to talk badly about accountants eating glue in the back of the room. Yeah, that's that's true. I, I, I was not one of those, and that's probably why I'm not an accountant now. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.